to the second part of uh, the first episode of the Los Haro podcast. Uh, if you haven't listened to the first part, I highly, I highly recommend you doing that. I'm one of your hosts, Eric Sayer. Uh, before we begin, I just want to say uh, we are celebrating our second anniversary at the Los Haro uh, website, so losharo.wordpress.com. Uh, and launching our third year with writing from all our writers so you should definitely go and read a few a few great pieces uh, and now I leave you with Arlen and myself and the rest of this first episode where we talk about uh, subjectivity and objectivity in movies and play a fun game about our favorite films um, so yeah uh, Eric did you have other stuff that you feel like may give people an idea of our tastes and our... I feel like we can maybe talk about what we like in movies, mm. which is, I don't know, how, how we... How, how do you think about... That's it's a, a very... It's a very broad question. Okay, let me, it's, a, like, it's very philosophical. How, uh, how do you... I don't know. Okay, I, I, I'm just going to go first. Like, when I think about good and bad movies I I sometimes I think about like how they're talked about and mm -hmm. all that stuff but the more the years have gone and the more I think about that good and bad and how subjective that is I don't really think about like objectively good movies or right. objectively bad movies I think of what I like and what I don't like and how can the movie make can make me like it and why does it make me like it and why does it do, doesn't it and sometimes mm -hmm. that those, those things are like are like really technical like a movie is really is not well acted or it's badly shot or it, it's uh, the writing is not not as tight as it should be and sometimes it's just like it's really the movie can be super well made and what it's trying to say doesn't fit or doesn't work or just is a bad message. Hmm. I don't know if you agree yeah, with that. Or... I, so I agree with that kind of. So for me, so it changes depending on how many times I've seen the movie. Um, first watch, it is all about that first experience that I'm having with that movie. So when I'm so I'll use horror movies as an example because they're the most I don't want to say visceral, but the the movie that is trying to get a reaction out of you. Horror movies and comedies. Those are movies that are like they're trying to get something physical out of you. They're trying to make you scream or in the case of a comedy it's trying to make you laugh. Um for those movies how much it does that to me and how much it affects me on those levels, that's part of how I judge it on that first watch. Um, I judged The Witch based off of how tense I felt in the theater and how unnerving the experience of being there was. How, how much, What did it stir in me? What feelings did I get viscerally in that first experience? Another good example would be, also with a very similar title, Blair Witch from the same year. I couldn't finish that movie because it just unnerved me so thoroughly. And by the end of it, it's playing on one of my worst fears, which is claustrophobia and caves and darkness. Um, so for me, in that initial watch, it's that. But as I watch movies more and more... I do get more into what is the director trying to do and keying in on that. What are they going for and what do I think they're going for? What do I know they're going for and are they succeeding at that? Um, so Mad Max for your wrote, 
George Miller is trying to show you a pure action film. But it's not just that. He's using action to tell a story. The action is in service of the story that is going on, always. The the, the action is the story, even, I'd say. Mm-hmm. Yep. And, it's, and the two things are entwined, and if you're not seeing one, then the other is not as interesting to you. That's, that's just how it is. People who don't like that movie, they're not keying into that. And that's fine. People have their own tastes, and that's where subjectivity does come into it. I also do take the approach of, there are some movies that I think are objectively great that I don't love. Um, most Stanley Kubrick movies for me. I objectively think those are some of the best constructed movies that have ever been made. They're like little clocks, almost. Um, or timepieces. But they don't necessarily make me feel anything. Which is why The Shining is my favorite Kubrick movie. It makes me feel things. And it makes... Deep, makes me think about things in a very not deep way but it just stirs all these weird feelings in me because of the way that movie is made and the sound design and the way that the actors are acting you know and there's an entire documentary about all the little subtle messages the little little things that you're not noticing on a first watch that he's using that he's trying to tell you things uh, through suggestion and it's and that's why it's my favorite. But it's part of it is I know kind of what he was going for, and that impacts how I watch the movie. So I, I don't know if that sort of gives an idea of how I feel about them. But the point is I have a very different approach from when I first see a movie to later watches, and that changes how I feel about most movies. So I think I think a big difference in how we I don't. I rarely rewatch movies, mm-hmm. except movies I loved on the first watch. And some, I've been trying to do it more. Maybe go back to things, try to watch them again, or try to show the movies I like to other people, which makes me see them through different lenses. But mm-hmm. I feel like my my reaction to movies tends to be more like a visceral, I guess, more how a movie made me feel and made me think and still makes me feel and think after watching it. Because mm-hmm. I, I don't think a lot about most movies I watch after watching them. Thinking about what I like and what I didn't like and what worked and what didn't. But I I feel like I maybe should rewatch stuff more, but there's too much good stuff. Yeah, that's the problem that I have too. Yeah. It's like, why would I, why would I rewatch that? It's only... It's only a couple special movies for me that I actually get around to rewatching, and and it's it's usually because there is a reason, you know. I have I don't do like a top ten list um, at the end of every year or just in in life because, and I've told Eric this before. I think numbers are demeaning to art. Personally, I think that you know saying this movie is number one and this movie is number two and three and blah, you know that stuff. I don't like it. You know, I don't like, you know, this is a 99 out of 100, and this is a 98 out of 100. I think it's antithetical to what art is, which is why, to some degree, I push back against the idea of movies being objective. At the same time, I push back against the idea that they are completely subjective. Um, I think there's sort of like a, maybe a 60-30 going on there, you know your percentage may differ but um and but the movies that i rewatch usually the movies where i feel like there's something that i didn't get or i didn't fully appreciate every aspect of the movie and those are the movies that i go back and rewatch i go back and rewatch the the thing because there's something there that i need to see again there's something even though I've seen that movie so many times, and I can recite lines from that movie, um, and I can hum the theme of that movie into eternity, um, 
and a lot of my other favorites like Thief or The Shining, I can just I feel something that vibrates with me with those movies where it just it hits me on like that down to my cells in a weird way. Um, and also another thing for me is music. Um, music heavily affects how I judge a movie. Um, and a lot of my favorite movies, the music is usually so distinct and so interesting that it makes me want to go back and notice how the music is affecting me in a given moment or a given scene. Um, and that draws me back to a lot of them. So, I'm I'm very excited that this podcast is going to give me a chance to rewatch a bunch of films that I like and a bunch of films maybe I didn't like the first time and rethink how I thought about them. Yeah, but yeah, like I said, like I I like doing favorite lists and going or in order because I accept that I'm purely subjective when making them so I, I just it's mm-hmm. purely gut feeling I like this more than this maybe or, or this affected me more this movie affected me more than this one mm-hmm. which is kind of stupid to say when I say it out loud but that's I don't know we all have favorites and it's tough yeah. to compare them sometimes but it's also a, a fun exercise yeah and I, I'm not a, I'm not against I'm not completely against the idea of listing something. I should say that. Like, I can say unequivocally that Moonlight is, to me, the best movie of last year. Like, that's that's it. It's the best for me. Nothing. The the only movie that, again, that was on that list that was at the top for me for most of the year was The Witch. Those are the two two of the best movies of that year for me. Um, And they both held that spot. Um, and nothing from that year has kicked it off or kicked Moonlight off for me. Um, but I got out of Moonlight. I said, this is the best movie of the year and nothing else is going to beat it for me. I'm going to see La La Land. And I, I liked La La Land a lot, actually, when I first saw it. Still like it quite a bit now. Moonlight knocks it out of the park for me. Um, so I, I am willing to like say, well, this is the best but it's really like numbers that I don't like. And it's like that. Again, it's that this is 9 and this is 10 and this is 8 that I don't like. It's that sort of thing of people like to categorize things into the point where they forget the meaning behind things, I think. And I don't... There's something about that I don't like. Um, For me, the meaning is probably the most important Part. and how not just the meaning but how how you interpret a work and how it can make mm-hmm. you think about what it's trying to say and sometimes if a movie you'll go back to a movie and it says it will talk to you completely differently right and that's that's one of the like my my favorite movies are the one that still speak to me yeah yeah, I can see, I can see that, and yeah, and I do think it's it's interesting, you know, that some people they get very caught up in again. This is why I keep on talking about it. The numbers thing, like there were people who earlier this year were obsessed with the IMDb top fifty list. Um, if you're a movie fan for any period of time, you've had to use IMDb for one reason or another. Um, and they were obsessed with making sure that Dark Knight was rated higher on that list than The Godfather. Because they got it in their heads that that has to be true. That The Godfather is in their minds worse than The Dark Knight. And there was an active like objective to make sure that movie was rated lower than The Dark Knight. Which... And that's that's the kind of thing in movie fans that I get very annoyed at because that's saying that there's an objective there's an objective thing in the world that says the Dark Knight is better than all other movies. This is why um, I hate fanboys. That's all I'm gonna <laughs> fanboys, say. Fanboys. Why I hate fanboys? Yeah, it's fair. And, but I mean, like, 
and, and we like don't, we don't need to care about like the best movie on the the top movie on the IMDb list is the Shawshank yeah. Redemption. <laughs> like <laughs> yeah, like I know what you mean. Like Godfather <laughs> should be the top of that list, arguably. Um, but like it gets really silly. Like it's a list. It's not supposed to be your list. And I, I think that's why I push back against lists in general. It's like, yeah. we can all say that there are movies that we like and there are movies that we dislike, and we can talk about them. And that's what I that's what I want to encourage, is talking about these movies. And talking about what objectively, or not objectively, but what subjectively we do like about them, you know? Yeah. And, yeah. and that's what I... That's what I want. That's what our goal, I feel, is. Yeah. To just talk about movies and to talk about what works and what doesn't and what they mean to us and what they're, we think they're trying to say. And sometimes I feel we'll probably disagree on that and that will be the yeah. most interesting talks we'll have. Yeah. And and I think that it's, it's very easy to just make assumptions about why somebody liked a thing or not. You know, Alan's right, fanboys are the worst. And I being on a podcast where we talk about comic book stuff quite a bit and stuff that is very comic book related um lots of very dumb things are said <laughs> to my other co-hosts that make no sense and people categorize them in ways that are antithetical to who they really are <laughs> um, it's common but uh you know one of my co-hosts uh, it was called a dc hater um <laughs> Uh, and you know you're probably someone who disliked BVS before you even saw blah 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 blah. Co-hosting question is Conor McGraw, and if you've listened to that podcast for any period of time, you know Conor McGraw is one of the bigger or one of the bigger supporters of BVS. <laughs> um, so people get silly about these things, and I don't want to encourage that kind of behavior. Intelligent, thoughtful conversation about movies—that's what I want, and that's. That's what I've always looked for, and I I, I found a lot of people. The whole Connor thing and just one thing he said, <laughs> I, I, basically just based off the Justice League trailer, when that's the scene of Henry Allen and Barry talking, <laughs> he's like, "Ebert don't exist." <laughs> yeah, that too. He's very into the Ebert Um, so yeah, like intelligent, thoughtful conversation about movies, and that I feel like that's. That's the log line of this show. Yeah. Exactly. Intelligent, thoughtful conversation that, it, you know, it's it's not about your opinion. It's about how our opinions play against each other and how listening to somebody else's opinion might change your opinion a little bit or might not change it at all. And that's what's interesting, you know. There have been many times where I've heard somebody else's take on a movie and it doesn't completely change my take. It doesn't completely change my opinion. But I do look at it differently. And I say, huh, what what did that person get out of that movie that I didn't? What led them to think that that just didn't occur to me? And that's, that's the most interesting thing. Um, when somebody's describing a movie to me, and the movie they're describing is a completely different movie from the movie that I saw. Um, and that's always interesting to me, no matter what. And it, so yeah, that's 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 what I'm most interested in, I guess, is why do we have different opinions, and what does that say about what we like as moviegoers? So yeah, that's sort of a sort of how I feel about that, I guess. Um, yeah, I feel like uh, we can maybe end on the small and quick question games that I found online because why not? I feel it's a good way to yeah. to get a like talk about maybe our tastes more specifically. Mm-hmm. So I'm gonna ask you some questions and then answer them myself. Uh, Arlene doesn't know any of these questions, but I feel some are pretty like. Like, uh, you can guess a few ones, like this first one, which is, what is your favorite movie? Uh, so this changes depending on the day, but the one I like to throw out is Thief, um, because nobody has seen Thief. 
Um, it's great. Yeah, uh, but most people <laughs> most people have not seen Thief. That's why I throw it out. Um, on an, you know, it's, it, we're recording this, and October has just ended. So around October, I usually say the thing, just because it's the horror movie. I think everybody should see. But Thief is it's an amazing movie. <laughs> it's from um, the early '80s. It's Michael Mann's first movie. Um, Michael Mann's first movie is not. Um, I cannot remember the title of that movie, but it is not The Keep. That's right, The Keep. It is not The Keep. Damn you, Max Scoville, for making people think The Keep is his first movie. Um, that's a. <laughs> I almost tweeted him about that one. I was like, I'm not going to do that. Um, but uh, yeah, his first movie, Thief. It's if you watch it knowing a lot about Michael Mann's future movies, it is like. <laughs> Saying it is a predictor for about half of the movies he will do later on is not an understatement. It is about a criminal who has a code and who keeps to that code. It is about the police that are trying to catch him. And it is about how he interacts with other criminals and how he interacts with the relationships in his life. That is half of the movies he has ever done. That, I mean, every single one of them. That is Manhunter, that is Heat, that is... Um, I cannot remember the name of that one with Tom Cruise. Um, uh, that collateral. is collateral. That is that's so many of his movies. Um, that is the one with Chris Hemsworth as a hacker. That's a movie that still exists. People, you have to remember that one. Um, like all of his movies are about that. Even the ones that aren't about that, to some degree, have that in them. So if you want to, if you love Michael Mann and you love Heat and you want to see Proto Heat. <laughs> <laughs> um, watch Thief um, and just have your mind blown by the fact that he's been making the same movie every five years. <laughs> um, yeah, so that's that's my answer to that question. My answer, which is a movie a bit more popular, but not like kind of, yeah. Um, uh, Hayao Miyazaki's Spirited Away is my favorite movie. I've watched it so many times and it's a perfect movie. <laughs> that's that's one people bring up. A lot of people love that movie. Have you have um, you seen it? I've seen it. Um, I mean, if anybody's known me for a long enough period of time, I'm not the biggest fan of anime in general. But I get what people like about Miyazaki movies, and they are very well done. And I do. I I get it. You know, like I, I get it. I get what people like about it, we, and I, we'll and talk I don't about put down it, we, we, we'll do a Miyazaki episode eventually. Yeah, yeah, and I'll, yeah, and I'll definitely participate in that. I, I consider Miyazaki to be in his own category. I just haven't had enough time to really sit down and watch a lot of them, um, but I do acknowledge his brilliance. No, so. I love, I love Spirit of the Way. It's like a, it's a movie mm-hmm. that makes me so happy and say I actually wrote about it for the Harrow so if you want to look that up you can it's uh, about how it's a great coming of age story Mm -hmm. we can move on to the next question which is what is I feel that's a hard way harder one to answer what's your least favorite movie oh wow I got so many of these um this one does change on the day um just give me like a couple maybe. I'll throw I'll throw out one that I really fucking hated. Um and it if it weren't about the subject matter it is about, I would hate it less. It's a film called Wolf Cop. Um so actually it's a callback. Uh Wolf Cop is a movie and you'll never guess. It's about a cop. And guess what? He's a werewolf. Um and it's it is the stupidest movie, and I get what it's going for. It's supposed to be like a 70s thing, you know, like a 70s exploitation movie. And there's there's bad acting, and there's a plot that makes no sense, and there's a villain who makes no sense, who comes out of nowhere. And there's very obviously cheesy special effects that are meant to sort of, you know, remind you of an earlier era of effects and sort of rubber monster movies from the 80s. But it's so poorly done, and it's so badly acted that I can't, I can't look at it for the kitsch, and I just see how terrible it is. And I'm, and 
there's a there's a moment in that movie and I'm not going to spoil it for you um but it involves uh a man's genitalia um and uh <laughs> it is it is the most unnecessary thing I've ever seen um so if you want to watch Wolf Cop it's been on your Netflix queue maybe for a little while and you've thought about watching it um don't ever watch Wolf Cop. <laughs> and if you do, I warned you. <laughs> Don't do this. So that's my feelings on Wolf Cop. <laughs> uh, Arlen, what are your thoughts on the sequel, Another Wolf Cop? I, I'm never going to see that movie. <laughs> I'm never going to watch it, ever. I'm not interested. Watch the trailer to Wolf Cop. The trailer to Wolf Cop is good. You can imagine your own version of Wolf Cop, and your version will probably be better than the actual film Wolf Cop. So that do that, and then watch a good werewolf movie like American Werewolf in London. Boom. Nailed it. I'm looking at a uh, an image on IMDb from Wolf Cop. This shit is stupid. Mm-hmm. <laughs> And it's intentionally so. He drives a car into a barn full of Nazis. I may be misremembering this. And he kills the Nazis. That part is great. The rest of the movie that's is That's a good scene. That, that, that's, that sounds like a really good scene. A werewolf cop driving a car in a barn full of Nazis. And Eric, yeah. to paint a picture, he's like in full, make, in full everything. <laughs> he, he's, wearing, yeah. he's wearing the uniform. Oh. The makeup is good. Yeah, that's another thing. He changes, but his his uniform stays on. <laughs> because that's, just... it's it's magic. It's mag- yeah, maybe, magic. Maybe Wolf Cup is good, actually. It might <laughs> actually be good, and I might need to see it again. But it's ranked. It's, 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 uh, it's, it's level but, um, on IMDb is like a five point five out of ten. That's that's that movie is getting much higher praise than it deserves. Um, it actually yeah, won some awards too. Yeah, it did it? It it played um, Fantastic Fest and uh, another uh, another um, uh, festival that's very much the same audience. Arizona Underground um, Film Festival. That one too. There's another bigger one that it also went to. Fantastic. And it World. won a lot of those. Yeah, Fantastic Fest and uh, Scream Fest. I want to say. Um, and it it played all those. And those people loved it because, <laughs> you know, um, but they also loved The Autopsy of Jane Doe, which is actually a very good movie. So, you know, I don't want to write off their tastes completely. And that's where I learned about movies about, like, The Witch. I learned about a lot of the horror movies that you've probably seen that are indie and that are worth watching from paying attention to Fantastic Fest. But for every Raw and every Autopsy of Jane Doe, there's a wolf cop. Um, so, yeah. Take that with a grain of salt. Um, uh, I don't like. I can only think about stuff I've seen recently. I think my most recent least favorite film was maybe. Uh, I say I hated the new Jason Bourne, but I think the the movie that sticks to me the most as one I hated is The Founder. The uh, the, oh. the movie the Michael Keaton starring movie about. Uh, I haven't Mc- seen that one Mc- yet. The founder of McDonald's. And I feel like a lot of people like that movie and got a lot of praise. And mm-hmm. like it's it's one of those examples of a movie that's like really well made and well acted, but I fucking hate everything it's trying to say. Like it's a movie about that it, that tries to be about how, but uh, how it. Ray Crocker was a bad man, but it's in complete admiration of him. But so it's, it's yeah. I, I, I honestly, I don't. I didn't want to see that, and I saw it, and I hated it. So that's huh. my, that's my the founder review. Watch it, make your own opinion. But uh, yeah, it's like Cause... I called I called it in my review capitalism dick sucking, and I still stand on that. <laughs> <laughs> so it's not like Wolf of Wall Street where it's no. clearly it's clearly against this. It's clearly no. against this. No, it's it, it's like it's a movie that maybe thinks it's against this but isn't. 
like okay. visibly isn't. Like yeah. maybe the the director was trying to make something that was against it, but maybe he was trying to make something that was for it. But it, for me, it felt so much as a, uh-huh. like I said, capitalism dick sucking. Okay, that's that's interesting because I, I, yeah, I definitely want to see it. I. I just never got around to it. I heard that the reason to see it is Michael Keaton is really good. Oh, yeah, um, he is, of course. Like, recent modern Michael Keaton is, like... Yeah. And like Michael stuff. Keaton's... Yeah. It's, I'm glad he came back. That's yeah. yeah, that's the long and short of it. I'm glad we're having a, a Michael Keaton re-emergence. Um, the, the Michael Keaton awakens. Um, kill me now. <laughs> um, <laughs> uh, next question. Make, make, yeah, maybe you can go a bit faster because we're going long... But yeah, well, it's our first episode. We can do whatever we want. Exactly. <laughs> uh, one movie you loved upon initial viewing, but eventually grew to hate. Uh, I'll go first on this one and say one of my favorite favorite movies as a kid was The Phantom Menace, and I watched it again and again and again, and now I can't watch it anymore. <laughs> like I yeah. can't. I physically can't. <laughs> I, I, that's that's one that I would almost choose too. Um, I don't I don't have one off the top of my head, but one that I just can't watch anymore, even though I know it's a great movie, is I can't watch The Dark Knight. I just can't. Um, I try, and it's like whew, I've seen this too many times. Like I know every beat of this movie, and not in an enjoyable way. It's like. Ooh, I know exactly what's about to happen, and it doesn't work on me as much as it did. Like little moments from that movie still work, um, the way that they did when I first saw it. But so much of it, it's like I know this movie backwards and forwards, and it's not fun for me anymore. Um, just because I've seen it too much. I, so. I feel I'm due for a, a rewatch of that because I haven't seen it in years since before. The Dark Knight Rises came out. Oh wow! Yeah, um, I've, I've never rewatched a Dark Knight Rises, and I kind of like that in theaters. And I I don't want to rewatch it because I I know I'm gonna not gonna like it on the second viewing. That's a but, better example. <laughs> I don't. That's a movie that I have I have complex feelings about. So yeah. Um, do you have we, any? Uh, uh, go ahead. No, I was say we can go on to the next. Yeah, that's what I was going to say. Yeah, okay, exactly. What I was going to say, do you have the opposite movie you didn't like oh. on the first watching? Then oh, um, well, one that I throw out constantly is um, I did not like Django Unchained when I first saw it. I did not oh. like the movie. I, did, I just didn't. I viscerally disliked that movie. And upon rewatch, I, I watched it right before Hateful Eight came out. Just because it's been like an ongoing argument between me and my brother um, over whether or not that movie is good or not. Um, And I came to the conclusion that what I don't like is towards the third hour of that movie, that's third hour of that movie, um, that's a part, that's a big part of it. Um, Towards the beginning of the third hour of that movie, Christoph Waltz makes a choice that doesn't make sense to me. Even now, after having rewatched it, and because that choice does not fit the character to me, and it's the choice to not just shake Candy's fucking hand, <laughs> um, and that that is how that character spoilers um, that that's how that character dies, um, and the way he dies and the way it's treated, I just I that's like it killed the movie for me. Um, it killed the momentum of the movie, and until like the last fifteen minutes of that movie, ev- everything in between there, I'm like, I'm so against this. Why does this movie have to keep on going? Why? Do- why is this happening? Why did this happen that way? And it's that choice that really just threw it off for me. So yeah, uh, I, I don't think there's a movie I went back as much on, but. Uh... Then I the, and I ended up uh, uh, didn't like then then ended up I liking but there's some that I completely switched like halfway through 
like something happens in the movie or something happens in me and then I completely change my opinion of the film. Uh, a really, really recent one is uh, A Girl Walks Home Alone at Night, which is which I tried to watch the movie one time and got like 30-ish minutes in and just didn't like it and came back and the scene just after when I stopped was like the greatest seen in almost any movie I've seen in the last like few weeks and it's like that's a great great movie hmm. another one another similar one is uh, uh, The Apartment The uh, the, the, the Apartment is a, a comedy drama about a, a, a man that uh, Let's his bosses uses use his apartment to cheat on their wives. So they so he finishes work, uh, gives the key to one of the bosses in the company he works at, and uh, lets someone uh, lets one of his bosses use it with uh, with a mistress or a girlfriend. Mm. All all his bo- bosses are married. So and it's. A really good movie, but the first time I tried to watch it, I got like, I think, halfway through, and then like wasn't particularly enjoying it. And then another night, I came back to it, and actually, I watched the rest, and it it ended up being a great movie, like one of the a really really good movie. Hmm. Interesting. Yeah, it's it's weird. Sometimes it, movies change for the better, and the ending makes all the difference. And yeah, sometimes it just you just need one scene to change your opinion on a film, and that's the that's what happens for both of those films. Yeah, I see what you mean, and I, I've had a lot of movies where I'm kind of taken out by character choices are really what usually kills it for me. Like I said with that Christoph Waltz thing, um, you know, I uh, a movie that I assume more people have seen, um, one of the blockbuster type things, uh, Man of Steel, I was, I halfway through was like, I don't like this movie because of a character choice made by the character of Jonathan Kent. Um, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah. Yeah, you knew uh, that scene in the movie is like should I much let better. Boys yeah. die, Papa. Oh God, that well, it's specifically know. it's Maybe. the tornado. Yeah, Oof. that's I'm not even go the die worst. Now. Of it. Bye. The tornado is the worst, and that that killed the movie for me. Like, uh, don't. Yeah, that that stuff like that. But then rewatching the movie and watching it. And something that never occurred to me is that movie is about someone growing up with two different fathers. And it's about how they both have different philosophies on life and what being alive in this situation means. And it's someone having to deal with both of those philosophies, trying to live with both of them and decide which one is the one that he wants to live by. And that's something that when you go back and rewatch it, it's more palatable. Um, and it makes fact- sense when it comes to Batman v Superman and Justice League. Mm-hmm. That, those it makes movies. far more sense. Yeah, it makes so much more sense when you watch it with that angle of this is somebody who's trying to make a choice between two very different versions of how his life could be. And that that impacts everything and it changes everything and how you judge that movie. But initially watching that movie in the theaters and having this version of that character in my head, you know, I grew up watching the TV show Smallville as that shows a, as that shows a very specific version of that character who is very antithetical to the version in that movie. So yes, character choices are a big thing for me. Does the character do what I think that character should do based off of either previous versions of that character or just based off of what we've been presented in the movie? Does is that person making a choice that I think that person would make? Is Emily Blunt 
in the end of Sicario making the choice I think that character would make? Ultimately, I would say yes. So that's that's a big thing for me. Uh, next question. Name, do you have a guilty pleasure film? So, so many. I'll, I'll let you answer that, and I'll think about which one I want to talk about. Mm, I don't know if I... If I have any of those, I don't know. I, I, I generally just like what I like, and I uh, the the movie I've seen the most in my life is the the uh, is Troy, the the two thousand four movie Troy with Brad Pitt and. Uh, Orlando Bloom and I don't even remember who's in it. I'm, I've seen that movie like maybe like a hundred times. Like I'm maybe exaggerating. I'm exaggerating. No, that, that's, no, that's I understand. Like no, but the thing is with Troy, like I like Troy. Like it's right. Like it's pretty good, but it's my my two best friends with whom I was raised. Okay. It's their favorite film. So I I've see. seen it with them, like, I'm maybe exaggerating by a hundred times, but I've seen it with them, like, at least, like, 30 times. At the very least. Right. That's, and I, and I still like it. <laughs> can, I, can I talk about I my, uh, guilty pleasure? Yeah, sure. Um, sure, Al, if you got one. Oh, it's one that you probably can tell mm, alien we'll see. resurrection oh god oh god Ugh. okay that's a whole nother conversation to have god that movie um i can see why though i get it um that's the uh, there's... fourth one right that's yeah, the that fourth was... one that i've was... only, um, seen... only seen alien and aliens so good choice there um yeah i actually would I'm someone who's like, you should watch Alien 3. Like, I want to watch it. It's like, it's a David Fincher film I want right. to watch. And it's it's more interesting if you watch the behind the scenes on that one, because what you realize is that movie is responsible for the David Fincher we know now. Yeah. Like, that's, that's his origin story. Mm-hmm. <laughs> a movie about the making of Alien 3, like a real dramatized movie about a young David Fincher would be the most interesting thing on Earth. Um because you like see the formation of the guy we know now who shoots two hundred takes of uh, uh, of Ben of Ben Affleck's dick, um, um, <laughs> like that that it's that guy. It's the guy who's like, okay, Ben, don't worry, the water will get cold. Um, <laughs> you'll be you and Rosamond are going. I'm. I'm surprised that they are not just like shriveled by the end of that movie. Um, but yeah, like that's the director that we're talking about there. Yeah. Um, yeah. Do, you, uh, do you have a guilty pleasure? I guess, even though I, I will stand by this movie and I will say it's one of the best movies ever made, Blade Two. Um, yeah. That's that's my like. Okay, this movie's it's that shouldn't, most that people shouldn't wouldn't have like to it. Be a guilty pleasure. No, it's it's a brilliant film, Gamma del Toro. Um, but it is so... It's very goofy. Um, another Guillermo Toro movie I always feel I have to defend is Pacific Rim because I love yeah, Pacific Yeah, that's Rim. another one. That's another one. <laughs> okay, we know that it's goofy. That's why we love it. Yeah, I think Guillermo Toro is good at making movies for us. Yes, <laughs> and definitely. And for, for him, definitely also. Yeah, um, Gamo gets me. Um, there's a reason Hellboy 1 is still one of my favorite movies of all time. Um, uh, I, I just want to specify before we move on to the next question that the one movie I've seen the most in my life is Space Jam. Oh. Because that's my, my brother used to watch it every single day. <laughs> uh, For like years, every day. Here, here's what I'll, I'll give this movie one thing. The animation is not bad. Yeah. That's the, I'll give it that. The animation is actually beautiful. Um, Bugs looks gorgeous in that movie. So I'll give. I'll definitely give that. 
Oh, so I used to watch it in French only. That's the, my my second uh, my second thing on Space Jam. Because yeah. that's that's the cassette we used to have. Uh, do you have any favorite movie scenes or scenes that you want to talk about? Um. Okay. Wow. Yeah. That's a so many answers. Um. A scene that I go back to a lot when I'm thinking about what makes a great scene is uh it's a scene from Glorious Bastards, one of my favorite movies. It's in the top five for me usually. Um. And again, when I say top five, it's like a grouping. These are these five I think are better than all other movies. I, I'm comfortable doing that. Um, and it's the opening scene of Inglorious Bastards, and I just I love it. I, I I don't know what it is. I don't know if it's how charming of an actor um, is Christoph Waltz? escaping my Christoph Waltz. He's so great, and that French actor whose name I don't know, and he's he's been in other things, but you know, not nearly as big as Christoph is now. Um, but the way that that scene plays out, and just the small little things that are going on, and Christoph's choice of wording, and that's Tarantino's writing, obviously, and just the way that he pronounces words, you know, you could just easily say, well, that's just you know, he's a German actor, and he's saying words in English. So there's obviously going to be a difference in how he pronounces things. But you still get the sense that even though that is a reality, that Quentin still was a big part of how he said those words. And the it's just the way that fits with the music and the way that scene is shot and composed. And you... Yeah, it's just the way that it's all put together. It's... It's a brilliant scene, and I judge other movies off of that scene um, and how that scene builds tension um, and how it uses every trick in the book to build tension. And Quinn has copied that scene in other movies, and when he does it well, it works. When he doesn't do it well, it doesn't work. Um, So, yeah, that's that's a scene that I go back to as, like, this is one of the greatest scenes that it's I've ever seen, and I love it to death. So, I don't think I have anything as good as you, but I'll give a scene of one of my favorite films, a scene from Mad Max, which I really, really love. Uh, there's the there's a scene when they're at night and the their truck the truck is stopped, and the, there's the um, I don't remember his name, but the, the the guy with the two guns that has no that that takes out his teeth as bullets and oh yeah and with the with, with, he has a spotlight that he's using to uh, uh, to try to to see uh, Max and Furiosa mm-hmm. and the rest of their crew and uh, they have a sniper with only three bullets and Max shoots two times and then. Furiosa, he doesn't even have to ask. She just goes, sees him, and he knows, and he gives her the sniper, and he mm. doesn't, and he he's used as a as a stabilizer, and she shoots, and she uh, hits the light. Yeah, and it's such a it's like a such a perfect character building moment, and it's such a perfect because. Uh, it's a moment when, where you know, like you really know that it's Furiosa's story and not Max, and Max knows, and he's, he, he knows he's not the... Like, he mm-hmm. literally he trusts her, he gives her the torch, he gives her the gun, and I don't know, it's a scene that works so well. Like, in by itself, and in the character, like it's one of the best character building moments in like mm-hmm. any action films yeah and like the the long part of that scene and like this is the part where he goes off all alone with just yeah. the gas can and when he comes back and they're like you're bleeding and she's like it's not his blood like ugh, i love that yeah <laughs> i love that like she knows like i love the fact that these are two 
killers. These are two yeah. people who like this is what they do. This is this is their job. And they like they're like two wolves that can smell each other. Yeah. And like I, I love the tension of that. And it's like, okay, let's do this. We're, this yeah. is what we do and we know that if we work together we can do this better than anybody else. And we're probably two of the best in the wasteland. So that's Let's do this. Let's let's make the best of this, and that's yeah. I love that. I, I love that, and it like it plays later on when they're deciding whether or not to turn back or not. Yeah, and yeah, like, it's, it's just a moment when you know, like you, sh- there's trust, like an unbroken trust between mm-hmm. them. Yeah, trust yeah. in their each other's abilities at least. Yeah, and I, God, that's God, I love that movie. <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> uh, I really love that movie. Um, I uh, bring up mine. Yeah, sure. Go ahead. <clears throat> I'm not sure which one it is, four or five, but the it's more of a character reflection moment. It, it's the it's from either Rocky Four or Rocky Five when he has when he goes back to the gym mm-hmm. and has that, and then it's basically. Seasonal mem season memory. Oh yeah, that scene. It's one of the, the best scene, scenes in that movie. Yeah, the scene with Mickey. Yeah, that's a that that scene is really great. Um, it's the character. Yeah. yeah, it's yeah. Anything with Mick in that movie is really good. Um, because they make reference to him a couple times. All right. Um, coming up on two hours. So this is another question. Like, you're you think we'll really do it. I think we can maybe wrap up a little bit. Uh, yeah. Last quick question when we just... Maybe we can like fast track the last few ones. Like go through... Just name a movie. Okay. Uh, what's your favorite of the year? Do you have one? Um, or two? You can just... Shoot. Um, at the moment, uh, it's Logan, I guess. Yeah. Um, like, that's... Yeah, without thinking about it too hard, Logan. For yeah, me, for Kong, me it's... Kong, Kong Skull Island. It's a good pick. Good, it's yeah. good. Uh, I have to say my favorite is probably Personal Shopper, the Kristen Stewart film. I heard, really, really I heard good. good things. Yeah. You, you, you like spooky movies, so you'll probably like it, if you like. Uh, and also, I'll have to say, yeah, your name, the anime movie, that you should probably you shouldn't watch because you're not going to make it. But it's a great, it's a great movie. Okay. Uh, least favorite thing you've seen this year, <laughs> like new movie. I'll go first. I'll say Pirates of the Caribbean Five, because that, because that movie is garbage from beginning to end. I believe you. Um, <laughs> I, I completely believe you. Um, I might have to think about that one a little bit. Uh, so yeah, uh, yes, Alan, do you have a least favorite movie that you've seen? Of the year, yeah. Just if you have one, because um, I'd have to go back through all the movies I've seen, um, or we can just skip to another question. Yeah, I'll let's go. That one. Uh, uh, any bad remakes you can you want to talk about? Wow, that's a whole nother conversation. Um, like, uh, I think we will we'll do eventually maybe an episode on remakes. Oh yeah, so, I got. I have one for. I have an answer for that one. Sure, Peter Jackson's King Kong. I liked that movie though, <laughs> but I can see why people don't like it. Um, I do have one that isn't out yet, but I think it's unnecessary. Um, last I heard, they're still remaking Memento. What? Um, that's yeah, dumb. that's really dumb. I, I know it's 16 years old, but it's not a movie that ever went away. It like there shouldn't be a bar that makes it okay to make a reboot. Well, no, like, here's here's my thinking on this. If the person telling the story has something new to say that wasn't said in the original movie, and if the story that's being told is one that, in the context of that time, doesn't work anymore, and that's that's, like, my, like, rubric for whether or not something should be remade or not um is it, no one doing it 
no, no one has no involvement. It's the studio that put out the movie and owns the rights to the story that's doing it. So they just want one more, want one more money? Yeah, that's the that's the basic gist of it. Uh... Um, yeah, like, that's, um, yeah. Okay, I know the worst movie I've seen this year. It's really just the biggest disappointment. Um, it comes at night. Oh. Big disappointment for me. So yeah, I've talked about that before. Yeah, and... uh, yeah. Maybe um, th- is there a movie you want to see a remake of? Um, because my answer is probably none. Like I don't care about remakes. No. Like, like if a remake is good, I'll like it, and if it's not, I, I don't care about enough about movies to want to see the like to see, I... want to see the remake. Yeah. I would. Here's the thing. So this is my preference. Oh, almost always. My preference is that if a movie deserves to be remade, it's because that movie to me was bad, or there was an interesting idea that wasn't explored in a way that I liked. And my preference is make a TV show of it. Uh, that's my preference. Um, uh, Tom Clancy has been adapted. Five times, I think, altogether. Uh, yeah, five films have been made off of Tom Clancy books. One of them is a good movie and a good at- adaptation of the book. It's both of those things. It works as a movie on its own, and it's good. It's a good representation of what the book was. They mess it up four times, as by my count. Um, I'm more excited for the television series that they're doing because they can get deeper into the characters that were in the book than they can in the movies that they did. So that's usually what I go to is would this work better because as a long form story they can tell more of the story and get deeper into the characters in the way that a novel will. Um, So that's sort of my thought on that, yeah. I have one. Yeah. I there's one. I, if I could do it, I would. It would be Go ahead. a remake. Well, one not necessarily a remake, more of a revive something that was in the works, mm. and that was the Neil Blomkamp Alien project. Yeah, that is. I know what you mean. That is kind of a pseudo remake. Um, yeah, no, yeah, I agree with you on that one. Um, got another question? Eric? Uh, best sequel. Mm. Is the Dark Knight the best sequel? Maybe I. No, I go to or, Godfather Two. Um, oh yeah, I don't. Oh. For me, yeah, that's my answer. That's Empire a fair one. <laughs> Me and Eric have discussed Star Wars before, and he knows my feelings. Yeah. Um, um, the Godfather 2 is like... I like The Godfather 2 better than The Godfather, personally. Yeah, I, I just... For me, it's... It's like so, perfect. Yeah, like... I love the jumping back and forth between the story of him and the story of his father. And I love the idea of history repeating itself... And he is slowly becoming what his father was and how those two parallels interconnect and him dealing with the sins of his father. Um, like I, that stuff is, I love it. I, I ate it up. Um, and I'm, I also love mob stuff. Yeah. Anything uh, mafia related interests me. So. Surprisingly, a very, very good sequel. As a sequel, it was Blade Runner this year. That's that's a good pick. Um, I, I like I like that one better than the original, personally. Um, and I feel I, like it's, it builds on the original in a great way. But yeah, I'll, we'll probably talk about it when we talk about like our favorite movies of the year. Yeah, eventually. Yeah. Um, worst sequel. Mm, there's so many. So, so many. That's a bad one. That's a real bad one. And I admit um, to it as a, as someone who as a fan of the movie. 
Um, the the Hobbit Part Three. Oh my! I didn't even like, think about that. It got even worse than I ever could have thought it would be. Can we yeah. just add the Hobbit trilogy to trilogies that should oh, no, there's, exist? There's a there's a best there's a there's a trilogy question coming. Okay, mm. good. Uh, it's just, um, just to finish. Yeah. Um. So my worst sequel, and it's more in context, and it's just because I don't have. No, wait, no. I got three worst sequels of all time, <laughs> and are all from Whoa. the same franchise. Um, even though I like this one for Terminator Salvation, <laughs> Terminator Three, <laughs> and Terminator Genesis. Um, <laughs> those are three movies that are all terrible, and I they only are... see. Yeah, I've only seen Genesis, and it was... <laughs> and Salvation. I'm not gonna lie. It's worth going back and watching. Um, Sam Worthington is in it. He's actually good um, in it's the sh- movie. It's a shame that the whole movie was given away on in that in that one trailer. Yeah, um, and um, Christian Bale's really good in the movie as John Connor. Like he's a, he's good in the role, um, but that movie overall doesn't really work as a movie. Uh, yeah, Genesis. <laughs> What can even be said about Genesis? And then Terminator 3 is just really underwhelming. If you watch it now, it's like, oh, here are some of your favorite moments from Terminator 2. And that's Genesis also. But Genesis is like, oh, that's just taking one step further of like, oh, you like the liquid metal Terminator? We're going to make Arnold Schwarzenegger liquid metal at the end. I don't know what sound that is, but that's the sound studio heads make when they that, get bad ideas. That was ideas. your Mr. Plinkett voice. <laughs> Maybe. <laughs> but, um, yeah, that's... The Terminator... Terminator movies are... Uh, the Terminator franchise is the franchise that has been the most hurt by sequels of any of any franchise. Any, I don't care what it is. Those three Hobbit movies don't make the previous three Lord of the Rings movies bad. Yeah. I I can only watch Terminator 1 because of the Terminator sequels that were made afterwards made Terminator worse, or made, made Terminator 2 not as fun because they are so heavily just, like, stealing from Terminator 2 and doing and copying it, but not as well. Um, so, just yeah. Before we... Rat, what are your thoughts on the uh, thoughts on the um, two season Sarkana Chronicles Terminator Great show. show? Great show. Because the, the showrunner or the creator of it is he's be he's actually he's joined the uh, the the Terminator franchise. Mm-hmm. Interesting. Like part of the he's part of the writing room. I that gives me hope for that. Um, okay, let's go to another question. Okay, let's end on best and worst trilogy. <laughs> this is a hard one. Oh, this is easy. Star Wars and Star Wars. <laughs> I'll go Star Wars and Lord of the uh, and the Hobbit. I mean, Star Wars the best or the Hobbit the worst. <laughs> um, I I'll agree with you on Hobbit. Yeah, yeah, Hobbit's the worst. Um, uh, and um, best, I have a harder time with that. Jeez, um, oh god, um, why am I why am I blanking right now? Uh, I'll go with I'll go with Nolan's Batman trilogy, just because I, I don't hate Returns or yeah, Rises. Rises yeah, <laughs> but I don't hate Rises so. Yes, that's that's what I'm going with. Just because when it's good, it's good. So, yeah. And I feel that like that's a good point to end. Maybe anything else you want to say about movies before anything else? Like, no. No, I think we I think we covered it. We covered it. Yeah, we we've covered everything. We don't need to do this ever again. Yeah, yeah. Um, but no. Um, yeah, that was good. Um, yeah. yeah. Now you can hear us talk about movies more specifically, and you get more in depth if you're still listening after two hours of this shit. 
<laughs> I, I, I may actually have to do some cutting on this one, but yes. Um, so yeah. Um, I, yeah, I guess we can do plugs. I guess. Um, yeah. Uh, you can find me on Twitter. I'm at e sayer e s a y o u r, where I review every movie I watch in a small tweet review, and. You can find my most recent writing on the horror where I write about vampire movies and how I still like them a lot. And uh, you can... Oh, God, what what do I plug? Um, SpaceColombo.tumblr.com. That's my Tumblr. I'm directing people there more now, so yay, go there. Uh, See can, stuff. You can follow me on Twitter at UnworthyMirror. And don't forget to listen, subscribe, rate, um, rate game hour on iTunes. Yep, good show. Good show. Alrighty. Um. Uh. Goodbye. Bye. Bye.